Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm letting that music play. I know they want me to talk. I like it. I know they want me to talk. Yeah, don't talk over this. Yeah. What up, everybody? Yeah, what a I like that drop. song, man. That, that song is the kind is of what up, everybody, we want. That song, yesterday was a sad day. I know, but. It, just, it wasn't the right, it wasn't it wasn't the right situation. Feels like football time. It, it, I get It's May. It feels like football time? Yeah, hell yeah, it does. How? We got a full team out there, just about. We're not even out there. We're well, here. They're out there. We saw them yesterday. <laughs> we saw them yesterday. It's always football time in Mitch's heart. You better what believe up? it. Uh, Redskins Talk Podcast. You're watching us on the My Teams app. Mitch Tischler, Pete Haley, J.P. Finley. This is Redskins Talk. We are brought to you by the good folks at Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. Hope you do the same thing. Uh, we, we still have to clean up the news from yesterday. We saw Reuben Foster go down in a pile. It was a sad scene. Uh, the reports have since come out. Some of it I was able to report. Some of it came from other folks across our great country. Reuben Foster, the Redskins believe, has torn the ACL in his left knee. There is also serious concern that there are other complications in that leg. Uh, folks told me it could be an artery issue. Uh, I've heard from others that they're going to see specialists to try to figure out the, the best plan of action going forward for Reuben. I, I think it's very easy to say 2019 is out of the question. Um, we can do a, a quick react now that we've had 24 hours with the news to, to kind of see how all of it unfolded, and we need to, the conversation now turns to what happens next, but, but we don't want to move too hasty in that direction. When you brought up the um, artery, potential artery damage, it immediately made me think of uh, Zach Miller from the Bears. Hmm. He uh, dislocated his knee, and he, they had to do emergency surgery to quote-unquote save the leg. I think Teddy Bridgewater had something kind of similar. So when you bring up ACL, obviously it's a major injury, but when you start talking about things further like artery damage and whatnot, you you're nervous for, for long-term health. Yeah, I'm still pretty devastated by it, and I still think it really, really harms the Redskins. But after you kind of get past the initial shock, it's important to kind of zoom out and see, okay, is this really the end of the world for the Redskins? And I think you can kind of build the case that, yes, this is a very bad injury, and it's very tough for them you to deal with. You feel personally devastated by this news? I mean, I don't personally feel devastated, but I just seeing how Gruden reacted and how his teammates reacted, it's just a crappy way to start sure. the OTAs. And especially on a team that has dealt with all these injuries yeah. for so long. How often and, do we hear Gruden talk about his emotions? Yeah, you know? right, I mean, right. And I think the folks that got to know Reuben Foster inside the building, they all loved him. And, and even when we talked to Matt Mayoko, who covered him with the Niners, this is a guy that's extremely charismatic, that gets you to believe in him. I, I think if you look at what's happened to him in the NFL, obviously everybody points to the two domestic violence arrests. Both of those were, were cleared. But legally, nothing happened in either of those situations. This is a guy that also had a gun arrest and a weed arrest, weed. had an NFL suspension, was thrown out of the NFL combine, which never happens. So even if you separate the domestic violence from all the other nonsense that occurred in his NFL career. There are plenty of reasons for a team to be like, to hell with this guy. There, there's, this isn't worth it. And yet, the Niners stuck with him. 
through one domestic violence arrest and all of the other stuff, and then the Redskins moves right in. Clearly, this guy has something intoxicating in his personality that, that makes you want to bring him into your team, into your organization. And, and I think you saw the tweets yesterday of, of players being upset. We talked to a number of players. Jay Gruden's comments. I've never seen Bruce Allen run in my life. And Bruce Allen chased that cart up the hill. Yeah. Um, it, it is remarkable, and I do think for the Skins – it's sad news. And we can tell just sitting there yesterday yeah. how everybody, I mean, think about it, nobody, practice stopped for five minutes. And it's not supposed to happen. Rarely does that happen. Players know when something's serious. And, and I think you could tell that yesterday. The director of the Senior Bowl um, tweeted, the recent Senior Bowl, which brings all those guys in, uh, tweeted that he thought that Ruben was the best football player in that draft. And that he's he's crushed for him about you know he seemed like a guy who obviously had a had a bright future on the football field. The Niners, had, the Niners were considering taking him with the third overall pick. Right. The Redskins were draft. considering him as well. Right. I mean, At 17, he was, right. Yeah. He was he was a guy that, that there were teams that loved him, and there were teams that were scared off by the character stuff. Here we are, three, Here we are. three years later, <laughs> yeah. and injuries have been a concern. That's the other part of this. Right. Not yeah. really, it's not injuries like he's been totally have been a healthy. factor. Yeah. Right. I mean, he was on IR. Like this is a guy that. It really hasn't worked out for, and, right. and clearly a lot of it's his own fault, but injuries, let's do this before we go any further because I want to kind of move on, mm -hmm. right? Like it's May, let's just move on. Where are you guys at on the karma conversation? Because for me, that's a very slippery slope. You start talking about karma for a football player getting hurt in a non-contact situation, if you're going to apply karma like that, like how do how do kids ever get cancer? Like how 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 can bad things happen in the world if karma is this life-altering force that's always available? I, I just I, I think it. I don't want to dismiss anybody that says that because they, there's good reason and logic to it. But to me, it just sounds very convenient and, and a little bit trite. Yeah, I never I can't speak to the charisma of Ruben Foster. We never really got a chance to interact with him, but you know. I'm someone who believes in second chances, and this was a guy who's getting a fresh start in a new city. And it's but also like a fifth chance. Yeah, fifth chance, whatever. Second chances, it was but. another opportunity in an Certainly environment fresh start. surrounded by people who are trying to support him, and on the first play of this supposed new journey, it has a huge setback. And, it, you know, again, I don't know what kind of guy he is, but I still have to sit back and feel bad for him on a human level of that nature. I'm out on the carbon trade. I don't, I don't, I don't think that I, I, it's, it's a convenient um, word, idea that gets thrown around sometimes especially when we're talking about NFL football players. I mean, there's there's karma in the world, potentially, but as far as a guy getting injured on the football field... I mean, I mean LT had a 15-year Hall of Fame career. He's probably the best defensive football player of all time. And by all accounts, he wasn't a very good dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just a weird way to try to apply that sort of logic. O.J. Simpson, great football player. <laughs> There you go. I think that's a hell of an example. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, all right. So we're going to move on. on. Yeah. Moving right on. I hadn't thought of the OJ example, but moving right along. Do you want to talk right about like, my finances or something to kind of freshen up the Should we talk about the t-shirt blazer look? Sure, we can. So what do we think? So yesterday, Pete was jazzed up about blazers on set. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he was like, all right, back to blazers tomorrow. Yeah, right? yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, back to blazers. Like, we're on the like set. The Let's try to look good. It, to so our, our dear friend and colleague, Julie Donaldson, told you a few weeks ago she liked that look on you you yeah. should do it more often yeah now i said it looks cool you it's a very miami vice look right do you understand that reference at all uh i mean i know that it was it a show or a movie or both uh it was a show for a long that's okay. not that's not cringeworthy yeah it was a it's show kind of cringeworthy it was a very famous show for yes. a long okay. time yeah and I, then it became a movie with like colin farrell yeah. but, but the look is don johnson do you know who don johnson is he was in tin cup 
I've heard of Don Johnson. <laughs> you are, you sir, are no Don Johnson. Yeah, I'm just wearing no, this. No, certainly not. Because yeah, Julie said it looked nice, so I wanted to experiment, and I figured a Tuesday show when we're not at the park. This feels kind of like a so recap Pete show. Pete is studio. now diminishing which show, which the right. hierarchy of the shows. The ones at no. the park, the ones at the clearly. This clearly. is the off season. You experiment with things. Now, Mitch is and... all in on football, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are. Fo Mitch we can are feel football in his loins. We are watches. <laughs> but I think we're it's the off season. Yeah, I don't want to talk about your loins either. It's just a time to experiment with the look. I know how I look with the button-up shirt, so I want to try with the shirt underneath, and I like it. It's, it's a cool. good summer look. Yeah, it's a good like, summer exactly. Look. It's a seasonal look. So this look. was Don Johnson, dude. Like, he'd wear a suit and a t-shirt. That is so baller. I now feel but way better get, about this. You, Yo, you gotta pastels. get, what was his name? Tubbs? <laughs> Crockett and Tubbs, right? You gotta start dressing like Tubbs, man. Give me a skinny tie. I'm ready to go. Let's <laughs> go. You already got the top button going. I got the top yeah. button going. Um, all right. These are the notes. Can, can we zoom in on this? Yeah, we need. This These is... are the notes AJ gave me to uh, to prepare. That's for That's a tiny note card, show. and it doesn't even take up half the note card. It's the Mark Sanchez playbook. Here's the thing: like, it is the off season clearly, because this is what we had to talk about right here. So we can go long on Pete's shirt and tie. Shirt Let's and... circle back to it. We can grade it. How's that, how's that watch working out for you, by the way? Really good. I, I have three different wristbands, so I went with this one because it matches my pants. All right, they want me to hold the notes up again. There's five things written on here. Right. Five. I don't know what camera you want to Did AJ write them or did you? How many words? Uh, AJ wrote them. Yeah, I was going to say, they're kind of legible. There we go. Five, six, seven, eight, oh, there, there we are. There are ten words ten on that words card for an hour, hour long show. Wait, isn't that what's supposed to be? Uh, he also, hidden? that handwriting is terrible. He spelled Gruden wrong and had to write over it. He's running out of room. <laughs> oh, cool. You spelled Gruden wrong? You mutt? Are AJ's you kidding spelling me? spelling is really, really bad. By the way, we couldn't have an AJ note with it if it didn't include Darius Geis. Yeah, of course not. Uh, I'm surprised we're not talking Byron Marshall today. So yeah. here's why I pressed you a little bit when you said you were devastated by the yeah. Ruben Foster news. is because when we were in the newsroom getting ready for this epic Emmy Award-winning stream show, <laughs> you said, when are we going to explain that it's not that big of a deal? So are you devastated, or is it not that big of a deal? So I was devastated for the players and the coaches and for Ruben, and I also am somewhat devastated because I think it makes this defense a little bit worse, and it hampers them a bit going into next season. But I'm also zooming out and thinking, okay, you have Mason Foster and Sean Dean Hamilton now at linebacker. Who were your linebackers to end the season last year? Ruben was going to be an added bonus. He was going to raise the ceiling of this, but your defense isn't changing. It's not like you're losing Josh Norman, who you had last year, or Jonathan Allen, who you had last year. You've seen your defense without Ruben Foster. It was a new player coming in and maybe changing how you were going to play, but it's not like you're losing a piece you already had. Ruben was a new addition. So that's yeah, kind of but what it, I'm trying to think. It of. definitely hurts the ceiling, and we talked about this. Yeah. It, it definitely hurts the ceiling of this defense, but I, I think it impacts the floor too because they also had Zach Brown last year, and they don't now. And, and I recognize he wasn't playing all that much and certainly had lost his starting job, but he, he gave them a, a, an option of speed at linebacker, an option of, of an elite athlete at linebacker that they don't have. Cole Holcomb has speed, but is, has not shown yeah. we don't know to be that type of player. Of I guess what I'm saying and is... And I think it, it... I don't think we should overestimate what Reuben Foster might have been because we really don't know. And frankly, in San Francisco in 2018, he wasn't a very dynamic player. He had a good, he had a good season and a bad season. He had a good season, a rookie, in 10 games, and right. a bad season as a, in his second year in six games right. with multiple suspensions. So I don't think they ever should have counted on him, but he would have made them better on the field. He, I also think the fact that they didn't, they, didn't ex, they didn't go into the season expecting a ton, getting rid of guys 
who could, who like Mason Foster, we talked about a little bit yesterday, and guys like that, you're able to plug a guy in who knows the defense and obviously can step right in and do what he did last year. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I'm looking at Ruben Foster. I had yet to, we were talking about when does he earn the trust when you start really looking at him as a defender on this team, and I had really not even envisioned him as a person on the defense yet because I was worried about an injury or suspensions or further trouble. So I wasn't even going to consider Ruben Foster as an integral part of the defense until week one. So, I mean, yes, it's terrible. Yes, I'm sad it happened, and yes, it hurts the team, but I'm not, you know, going to really, really overreact and say, man, this whole season is now tanked. Certainly. And I think certainly, of course nobody should be saying that. Yeah. Right. Uh, hopefully no one is. I, I think the post-June 1 cut market becomes a lot more interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, if linebackers are out there. And you need inside linebackers. Uh, you know, folks kind of look at linebacker a, as a – Blanket position. Yeah, but guys on the outside and guys like Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, especially on the Redskins. Step in Ryan Kerrigan and Mason Foster are incredibly different players. Yes. And, and they're both listed as a linebacker. But you have pass rush guys and here's, guys that can here's run and cover. Here's something I just came up with in my functioning big brain of mine. I am so scared for this. Uh, Ryan Anderson, maybe slide him inside and maybe get a look there, perhaps. Any chance? Maybe? Slower he's, a body. Bit, he's a little bit bigger body, certainly, but yeah. I, I think that's in in this short period of time that's going to be a lot to ask a guy to move to move total positions. Yeah, I, I don't think he has anywhere close to the speed to cover right. or get sideline to sideline. Okay, I, I, to me, and, and I think we talked about this during roster time when we were doing our 53-man roster projections. I thought it made more sense to try to bulk up Anderson and move him into a defensive line spot. What we saw this organization try to do with Trent Murphy four years back, and Trent Murphy had bulked up and moved in, and then Junior Galette got hurt, and Trent Murphy had to lose the weight and move back out. I don't yeah. know if you all remember that. The old snip, but, snap, snip, snap. Yeah, exactly. And I think that <laughs> would have made more Thank sense. You. I think that would have made more sense for Ryan, for Ryan Anderson okay. than moving him yeah, outside. Yeah, I also opened up moving Ryan Anderson immediately to the inside, or if they would have done it in the offseason. You still have an opening on the outside. Obviously, we think that Montez Sweat is going to be able to fill that. He looks all apart, but until we see it, you can't. And, and they can't. got nothing on the outside. It, it, I mean, they have Kerrigan, Sweat, Anderson, and after that, it's Casanova, McKenzie. Right. You're getting. You're getting uh, Brailford. A lot yeah. lower. Okay. But, I, but creative idea. We're looking all over for. But here's the thing. I thought before the Reuben Foster injury that. Pass rusher was a spot they'd have to look for a veteran in the free agent market. I, I still think that's possible, similar to what we saw with Pernell McPhee last year. Mm -hmm. So you think they should? Should they have kept Preston? Should they have ponied it's up for that money? Entirely different. I'm just saying. Situation. No, but if you're talking about moving Ryan Anderson inside, was that a situation where you where you spend money on him? You spend the money on Preston? I I don't know how one corresponds to the other. Well, you're t you need help on the outside as a pass rush, right? Which we, which we I don't think about. they wanted to spend the money Preston got on Preston. Agreed. I, I'm saying, but do you think they should have? No. Okay, move on. Um, I, I, I'm not sure they shouldn't have spent some money elsewhere, but I, I think Preston could still go on and have a really good career, but I don't know that this fit and Preston Smith were working together. I think this coaching staff had seen enough of Preston Smith maybe not pushing it all the way all the time, and, and it's one of those fresh start situations that might be best for everybody. That doesn't mean that going into a season – there's – there's, there's got to be some middle ground between Certainly. paying up for Preston Smith and going into a season with Kerrigan, Sweat, Ryan Anderson, yeah. and it could have been Kerrigan and Anderson and without, if they didn't get right. lucky with Sweat. It could have been even worse. They just happened to trade I, up and I, get Montana. I don't know if they got lucky. I think they went and got. They attacked okay. success. I think they would have got. I think we, we all knew pass rusher was a need. Right, right, but I don't know if they knew he was going to be there at 26 and they were going to be able to trade up. But it doesn't mean they wouldn't have gotten somebody in the second round. Right, if you get someone in the second round, you still have a potential yeah. starter right there, especially if they. Think about their second round pick was. 
12 picks mm -hmm. after, yeah. 10 picks after where they got yeah. him? I'm not a math guy, but it's a rough estimate. <laughs> we know. Um, we know. Uh, what do you, you think is the most said like phrase on our podcast? I'm not a math guy. 54-man roster. That's a good no one, way. too. That's definitely up there. I think I'm not a math guy has been up there more than any Redskins talk cliche. We need, like, Jackson Diddelake to, yeah. to, to, yeah, to come through. Like yeah. Right. Um, we, we, we gave it kind of a passing notice yesterday, but a, a number of our contemporaries, um, Al Galdi, Chris Russell, if I'm forgetting anybody, Kevin Sheehan, I think, said something pretty strong. Uh, Monte Nicholson missing OTAs. Yeah. Not a smart move. Um, this is a guy that, that got cleared legally. And I, I believe we have the Jay Gruden sound. I, I, let's let's let let's dig into what the coach said. Let's hear what he has to say first. You know what? I'm, I'm not really surprised about you know Monte's. Uh, uh, they all you know Josh Monte Trent. It's voluntary. You know, coaches are put in a unique situation here where you want everybody to be here, but it's voluntary based on a CBA. So there's really no reaction that we can have other than coach the guys that are here the best way we can and get them ready. You know, we told them today, it's, this is for your benefit, not ours. You know, we're trying to get you better. Uh, but some players who choose not to be here, that's their own choice. They feel like they're getting better uh, with their own trainers uh, in their own way, which is understandable. So, uh, we just coach the guys that are here. I think that's another thing. We just have to wait and see what happens with the league. You know, from uh, all I know is they were dropped, and hopefully Monte will be a part of this team. It is certainly the player's option to miss OTAs, and the CBA supports it. I'm not judging any player that doesn't show up. All I can do is say if I think it's a smart business decision, <laughs> and I don't think it's a smart business decision for Monte Nicholson not to be there. Josh, Monte, Trent. Right. One of these things yeah. doesn't fit. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't right. fit in that career? I mean, and, and it's a guy that needs to prove to the organization that he's all the way committed right. mentally. And I think if you look at the trade for HaHa -Ha Clinton Dix last year, a lot of that was because they just didn't know they could count on Monte. And some of that was injuries, especially concussion as a rookie. But some of it was, are you there? Or are you all the way dialed in and a part of this team? And then missing OTAs. If you watch and listen to Jay Gruden talk enough, you start to pick up on things that actually bother him. When he, starts, he was very uh, clearly uh, uh, yeah. when he starts when he starts mincing his words and getting lost in it a little bit, you know that he doesn't feel great about it. Not to mention, they're breaking in a new D-backs coach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that I, I'm sure Monte's been around. We're only seeing a snippet of OTAs. We saw one day of OTAs. There's, there's already like, been two phases, right? right? There's already been weeks of this, and there's going to be more days that we're not there. But, eh. They're two different players at different stages, but Landon Collins, who is rehabbing from his shoulder injury and who has accomplished far more than Monte Nicholson, was at Redskins OTAs on the sidelines with a note card in hand, talking to every rookie about hand placement. Meanwhile, the guy who just got let off of charges and should be trying to fight for a starting spot and who is younger and less proven than, Mon than Landon Collins was nowhere to be found. I well, think we, it's a stark contrast. We talked about it yesterday, and it is a voluntary workout. But it's not voluntary for the guys that are trying to make the team sure. and are trying to get a starting job. Nothing's I mean, voluntary. Right. Nothing's really voluntary. But if you're Trent Williams and you're Josh Norman or you're one of the, the major guys who have been here and are trenched in the organization, you can miss it. I, I don't even know that Trent and Josh Norman are on the same page at this point. No, Trent is in, Trent is in a, a stratosphere on his own. But Josh is a starter, day one starter. Are we sure? Yes. You, so Josh Norman does not get released June 1st. I don't Josh Norman so. is the week one starter. One to 100. We'll give you plenty of wiggle room on this. 100 uh, being the he's starting scale. in Philadelphia, barring injury. Barring we're, injury. We're, we're knocking injury out of this thing. Hmm. Josh Norman is the week one starter in Philadelphia. Mitchell. 90. 90. 90. Ooh. 90. 
I, he's the starter, I think. I believe he's the starter. I don't think they're cutting him post-June 1. Okay. Jimmy Moreland is gonna is is playing well, and I think he's going to prove a lot. But I also think they're not going to throw a rookie out there to start week one. I, don't, I wouldn't expect Moreland to be the starter if Norman's gone, so we're clear. I Oops. would say 80% just because I keep coming back to if you get rid of Josh Norman, who the hell are you going to start behind him? There we go. It's you- it just would be – I get that there's a lot of financial issues, and I get he's not playing up to the big contract – but I still think he's giving you enough, and when you compare what you have behind him to what he gives you, it's a massive drop-off. I don't want Quentin Dunbar and Fabian Moreau and then Greg Stroman to be the top three corners. That just is a big drop-off in quality. And, yes, maybe you can sign a guy or you know pick up some other free agent. I think Josh Norman's still your best option for at least this year. I'm going lower than both of you. Of course. And you've been saying. Of course. You've been saying. I'm usually oh, in between. Yeah, you're usually in between. There. And you've been saying, right. well, at least all offseason, yeah, but you I, think there's just, still better chance than us? Just the things you hear and kind of the context you try to grab from situations. I'm not going much lower, but I'll go 75. Yeah. So is it, so you That's said still that, a three-quarters chance it's happening. Yeah. So you said that you didn't think Jimmy Moreland would be the guy that steps in. You're saying it's no, 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 no. I think, no, I think, I think a lot of it Are could be. Are we going be, QB, uh, CBX? No, we're not. Who's? I, I, DRC. If they actually oh. think DRC can wow. make it and can play. I'm just telling you, they need a veteran, yeah, no, obviously. I, I, if they believe, they love Quentin Dunbar, and he was playing very well. If he's really running all the way, like they say he is, that we haven't seen, but multiple people now, including Jay Gruden, are saying Quentin Dunbar's back running full speed. If Dunny's back at full speed, and they like Fabian Moreau on the outside. If you noticed yesterday, Fabian Moreau was on the outside. He mm. wasn't lined up in that right. slot. I, I think Jimmy Moreland does project to be a slot guy. I don't know. Gr- Jay Gruden very clearly joked about his lack of size, and that physicality could prove a problem for him. Pete did the bad impression. Yep. Um, Confirmed. I, I am not putting Moreland up there, but if you go Dunbar, Moreau, they believe Dominique Rogers Cromartie can actually do this, then you, you've got some. You've got a, a very legitimate veteran in DRC, a guy who's right. been in the league 12, 13 years. A dude who just retired, yeah. hasn't exactly played totally. very well. And he was playing, he made the Pro Bowl in 15. Yeah, but we talk all the time about right. Pro Bowl stuff. That's the last time Josh well, Norman made the Pro Bowl. That could have been a lot of players leaving before him. I don't know the circumstances of DRC. No, it was him and Collins killed it. I, I, I wouldn't sleep on the Landon Collins DRC situation. That was also Watching them yesterday, ah, it was two years ago. If they cut 2015. It was the Pro Bowl year, but in 2017, they were all still playing in New I know, York. but that's when they were most effective DRC. If they cut Josh post June 1, do they save money in the future or just in 2019? Both. You know, there's, all of, I mean, there's safe, there's, there's safe guaranteed pay, money in 2020. It doesn't matter that it's not guaranteed. He's on the books for 2020. Right, so they can still cut him. I'm saying if they keep him for 2019 and then cut him in 2020, are they, sa- are they saving money? They, they save money now or they save money then? My point they being save that less money then. You cut him post June 1? You cut him post June 1, you save eight and a half this year, and then you don't pay him next year. Can't no you gift. just not pay him next year? Can you just not pay him next year? Yeah, but then you are paying him this year. Yeah, right. I, but I what are you saving that eight and a half million for? I, I don't know. Getting some money. Also, you, you guys continue to sleep on that salary cap space rolls no. over, and you get more space if you have more space going into the following year. I get that you like Dunbar and you like Morel, but would you rather have the here's safety Here's the crazy part. I'm Norman. saying there's a no. three-quarter chance know, this does not happen. Happen. I'm just addressing people out there who are saying there's more of a chance that he's gone. You want Fabian Moreau to develop? Sure, but wouldn't you rather have Josh Norman there as your number one corner, and then you see if Moreau's ready to go before you just cut Norman and have no safety blanket? Because what if Moreau's not ready to step up? Quinn Dunbar's great. He's one of the best stories on the team. We don't know if Quinn's healthy. I don't want him to be the number one corner right now. I don't trust him to lock down Amari Cooper. Do you trust Norman, too? 
I trust Norman more than I do, or I trust the combination of them. I don't want to just put all my eggs in the Dunbar-Moreau basket and just say bye to Josh Norman just because he hasn't had the Carolina Panthers-type production that he's wanted to when he came to D.C. Our dear friend Aaron Oster, everybody yeah. knows yeah. Oster, just texted me, hey, Pete, can you come on the Daily Line for a few minutes at 410 to talk about Foster? Why do he text you? <laughs> hey, Pete, <laughs> hey, Pete. oh, boy. <laughs> got no text. Oster, you got the wrong number, dude. <laughs> Maybe he just wants to talk about You're my losing daily line hits to Pete. Uh, I, I, he may have asked me, and I was like, hey, ask Pete. I can't do it. <laughs> That's nice of you. Um, you guys are crazy that I'm saying three quarters. I know. We're no, yelling I'm at you, but I'm really. You're just representing right. the people who think they should get rid of Norman. Here's what I can tell you. People around the league, and it's mostly ex-players. And sometimes yeah. I wonder if it's ex-players because they don't agree with the amount of money Norman is making, mm -hmm. and, and I think that plays a big role in it. And I agree that if you cut Norman, what do you have out there? But there are plenty of organizations that go with the operation of our guys are good, next man up. How often do we hear next man up from these coaches? I, I, think, I think there are some guys that are willing to roll those dice. And if we talked about this with Smoot the other day, that Norman has not been a leader for the team, Norman has not been a leader in that DB room, Swearinger's gone. Landon Collins is going to fill that leadership vacancy. Maybe they just want to let this thing really settle in as Landon's team. I mean, if you get rid of DJ and then you get rid of Josh, you're really resetting the DB, the DB room. The leadership, I guess the new coach, new leadership in you got, there. Dude, you've it, already it, kind of done all that. Right. You got, you got a new secondary coach. You've got a new safety that looks like he, could, he, he will probably be the team defensive captain. Right. Maybe it's Sean Allen. We'll see who wins that vote. But... In a way, maybe they've already reset it, and we're just not realizing it. I think they did the whole, let's see what our guys can do bit last year in the secondary, and they ended up having to play Greg Stroman and Danny Johnson quite a bit. I just That's not, injury, though. I just, but they were, we kind of talked about it in training camp. Like, this Norman team, is you, the most durable of these the, guys, for sure. I think the, the line you used was, are they confident or arrogant in their secondary? And last year, after reflecting on it, we decided that they're arrogant to go in with that much of a youth movement on the depth chart, I just really don't think you can get rid of Norman now. I let's don't also think not it forget how many, Let's also not forget how many turnovers Josh Norman created last year. Yeah. Norman's missed two games in the last four years. Yeah. And last year he created seven turnovers. He punched turnovers. out seven balls? No. Yeah. I mean, that's, three that's picks, pretty good. Three picks, three fumble recoveries, one. Three, three picks, three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. Okay. Nice math. Yeah. yeah. That that's really cool. Cool. Oh, by the way, Jackson responded and said he's easily. Right. Yeah, he's right. Easily the... What up, everybody, is the most said yeah. thing yeah. on the podcast. I've said that on every podcast. Yeah. Right. And I owe you a beer. And also, you guys are just most constantly checking your phones during the show. Meanwhile, I'm the millennial who hasn't been looking at my phone at all. It's because you didn't feel like bringing your 50-pound laptop over here. Yeah, it's too... Right. It, I, I brought my 50-pound yeah, laptop. You just showed us a picture of your girlfriend. That was a, during a break. You guys Girl, are just texting. We haven't gone on what break, break at all. We, or like we during a VO, we that's during a, a SOTFO, VO, whatever TV terminology as long as, as long as TV Pete is breaking out TV terms, we're in good shape here. Yeah, I'm talent. Come on. Um, oh my Miami goodness. talent. Miami talent. All right. Well, um, you better, when the Redskins go to Miami this year, that better be the outfit. I'm going to get like a white. Yeah, get definitely. A white I'll, do, I'll recreate Don Johnson. White blazer. White, white, and like pastel blue. There you go. Cool. I'll maybe even we smoke a want, cigar. We want more pastel. Don't do that. Okay. Yeah, it's I'll not good for you. Yeah. Did you, you not say smart or sensible. You didn't know how to smoke a cigar. Yeah, it didn't go sure. well. Was right. it open a bottle of wine? Couldn't open a bottle of wine. Yeah, and the he wine was a mess. Had no idea what to do with the cutter. No, that was a, that was a disaster <laughs> yeah. way around. Was like, the wine, where's the app for Do we this? have that video of him trying to open the bottle yeah, of wine? it's in the it's annals somewhere. somewhere. That was fantastic. I mean, it's. I really wanted it to be a twist off as he was like struggling with it, but the cork was just way. Then my mom started getting sweaty, and I started getting anxious as usual. You had no 
idea. How I would have been there for hours. Yeah, we would have been there forever. I would have been there for hours. That was uh, Tampa. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Don't go full Tampa. A little bit of real news. Um, got to catch up with Brandon Sheriff yesterday. Obviously, a contract extension with the Redskins' right guard is now at the top of their list of needs um, as far as what they need to get done. We're all still expecting it to get done. They better not let it turn into an Anthony Rendon situation where they miss the boat. Mitch taking shots at the Nats. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting <laughs> to get done. Uh, AJ, if we have the sound, let's run that and we'll react coming back. How'd it feel to be back out there? Oh, really good. You know, uh, I, this is my dream come true and uh, just trying to push through the injury and just move forward. How are you feeling with your injury? Uh, feeling really good. Just They're just kind of taking it slow and just making sure I'm 100% right before I go. Any progress with contract talks you going into your last year? Uh, yeah, we've been talking, but I'm not really worried about that. I'm here for another year, so that's all I'm, that's all I'm worried about right now. Everything will take care of itself. How hard is it to see a guy like Ruben Foster go down like that? It's very hard. You know, he's a great player. Uh, he's going to be a really good player for us, but, you know, just best wishes to him. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Um, <laughs> the the look back and forth. It was like watching a tennis tournament. Just volley, yeah. serve, volley, serve, <laughs> yeah, return. It, it was Sheriff, tennis at the yeah. net. They were just going. <laughs> the Sheriff's not the biggest talker. So you did well. When we when I was like, Brandon, you got two seconds. And he's like, yes, two seconds. He gave you like seven. Right. Yeah. And also was, one of the best parts about uh, OTAs and minicamps is that they make them run sprints right before they talk to the media. Out of so breath. the guys are just out of breath yeah. and have no interest in. in nah, but then they go and take a knee and do like a hub. I mean, it's, it's not a long I don't think break. he was out of breath there. Do you? He was a little out of breath. Yes. It's a big man running a lot of sprints. When's, yeah. When was your last sprint? When was the last time? I'm trying to think of the last time I sprinted yeah, before I cool. throw a stone at Mitch's house. Um, <laughs> Someone's going to come back and hit you right in the are face. Are we talking about voluntarily sprinting? What, have you been running from the police? When was your last sprint? <laughs> Involuntary More recent sprint. than you would have thought. Let's hear it. Well, I don't even know. The last time I sprinted was like probably like playing basketball. Or Honestly, it's oh, the last time you played basketball. Playing tennis. What's the last time you played tennis? I played tennis played last tennis summer. Last okay. weekend. Two weekends ago. You played tennis two weekends ago? Yeah. What? Where? Where's uh, over Mother's Day, we went to the indoor, we went to an indoor bubble, and my brother and my brother's four years six years younger than me. We played some pretty, doubles or singles? We had two courts and there were five of us. What's so we your uh, tennis around. game like? Yeah, you ground strokes, you like to attack the net. Big what? serve. Big serve, uh, not a lot <laughs> big of big man, big serve. Big serve, <laughs> decent forehand, terrible backhand. Short points. I am. Uh, my serve Short is super points. lame. I just focus on keeping it in bounds, yeah, and yeah. I can cover a lot of ground. Keeping it in bounds. I, I'm sure that's the term for it. Keeping it in play. Yeah, in play, in court. Yeah, not in bounds. In, in court in the, is in not a thing. In court, yeah. in court is not a thing. I know. Definitely but, not in bounds. Wait, what's your tennis game look like? I just play tennis. Yeah. It's a kind of a weak serve. AJ wants us to stop talking about tennis and just attack the net and try and use my athleticism as a force at the net. Uh, yeah, dude, I just run around. Like yeah. I am like AJ on the tennis court. I'm working very hard, right. just not very not efficient. This would be very right. funny though, because you guys both want to play long points, and I would just That's just try to get bit. on those as quick as possible. I'll play some tennis. Has AJ guys? ever played tennis? Because I bet he's just as bad as he is at golf. Yeah. Right? Would he break 120 in tennis? AJ, AJ's reply: I'm silly at Mario Tennis. That's the second Wii Tennis reference. All right. now um, too many. We have we have real information to share when we come back. J.I. Halsell, a former agent, he was texting with me yesterday during the show, so I said, "Hey, can you come on today? We're going to talk Ruben Foster's contract. What would Brandon Sheriff's contract extension look like? Because it's going to be a lot of cheddar to get that deal done. And then I want to ask him about the Josh Norman conversation we're having. Yeah. Um, as soon as we come back from this, we're going to talk to J.I. and maybe some more tennis talk. Hopefully. I'm the best ping pong player. False. You know that's false. You're better than me. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, we're back, and it's time to bring on our good friend, Arizona Bureau Chief. Ah, he's, he needs a better title because he's like a contract expert. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask him what kind of title he wants. J.I. Halsell, how are you, sir? He's our CMO. I'm doing well. <laughs> CM- I'm doing CFO. well, man. How are you doing? CFO. You're, you're, you're the new Chief Financial Officer of the Redskins like Talk that. Podcast. That fits. Congratulations. I actually liked Arizona uh, Bureau Chief. All right, well, then, then hell, you're back to Arizona Bureau Chief. <laughs> You've been demoted. We're, we're, we're able to make switches like that that fast here. We're very nimble. We hadn't even made the name play yet. You're lucky. <laughs> um, well, dude, thank you for coming on. We were texting back and forth yesterday about the Reuben Foster stuff. So if you can, break it down very simply, because whenever we use the word toll, we tend to get confused. Yeah. So Reuben Foster's out for the 2019 season. What does that mean on the salary cap and contractually for the Redskins? Yeah, when a contract tolls, that means basically the pause button is pushed and whatever you were supposed to make in 2019 carries (laughs) over to 2020. That's not the case with Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster, for as long as he will be on the Redskins roster, which you can't cut an injured player, will earn his $1.29 million salary regardless if he plays the season or not. Um, So while he'll probably spend his entire season on injured reserve, he will make $1.29 million here in 2019, and then he'll make whatever he's supposed to make in 2020, just like his contract states. So no relief in sight. And it, am I wrong? I think because they didn't have to pay the, the signing bonus for Ruben, and now they've, they've probably paid – he's making 1.3 this year roughly. So whatever they had to pay out to finish the 2018 season, another – Half million, I'm guessing. They, they've got him for less than two million now. I, I don't, I, I, this is where I'm going with this in a long winded route. They're going to have to decide if they're going to exercise the fifth year option next year before the draft on Ruben Foster. I don't expect them to do that right now, especially with an unknown severity of the leg injury. What do you think they would do? And I believe he was the 31st overall pick in 2017. What would that fifth-year option cost them? Yeah, so the, the fifth-year option for the 2021 season will be pretty expensive. I mean, it depends upon kind of how much the salary cap increases um, in 2020 will help determine that value. But the long and short of it is is that it's going to be a lucrative dollar amount. And given uh, his injury history, his current injury, uh, you would think that when they had to make that decision by the 2020 draft on his fifth-year option, that they will decline that option. But if he comes back healthy off of this ACL, he proves that he's a quality starter in 2020, 
that then theoretically, even though you don't have the fifth year option for 2021, you could then work on a contract extension for Reuben Foster, assuming he comes back uh, to health. So the other way, if you if it's a significant enough injury that you're not confident, is there any reason or anything that they can do in terms of um, cutting out with injury settlement? Well, because is there any benefit even, to just I mean, doing you could do like an that? injury settlement, but the injury settlement dollar amount will be determined based upon when a doctor thinks he can come back to health. And so if this is a nine month injury, then that's going to take you through the entire season. So um, even an injury settlement does not save you any cash or cap um, but, provide you any cash or cap relief. Let me ask you this, and, and that's just because they don't have to pick up the fifth-year option. They'd have to pay off the fourth year, so why do an injury settlement, right? Is that kind of the crux of that? Co- correct. Okay. Finally, got one right. Let me ask you this. And crux, too. Uh, yeah, I used uh, C-R-U-X. Um, I got this on Twitter. This is from at Semakasa. How does insurance work in this situation? Would the Skins have had insurance on Reuben Foster? I'm guessing no, because they didn't draft him and they didn't sign him as a free agent. That is correct. So um, when they claimed the contract from the 49ers, they literally took the Niners contract language and acquired it. And in the vast majority of rookie con- draft pick contracts, you don't see that insurance. The only contracts that really you see an insurance policy attached to it are quarterback contracts. So that goes goes back to our Alex big, Smith Big, big money right? contracts, right? What's that? Big, big money contracts. Big, big money contracts, which... Uh, given the rookie compensation system, this is not a big money contract. Mm. So therefore, there are no insurance uh, remedies in this situation. Yeah, JP has big, big money contracts, so he's very <laughs> familiar with that. Lots of NBC insurance on that deal. <laughs> we don't want him to hurt his ankle. I have, I have like car insurance. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yes, exactly. Jay, I want to move on to a player who's coming back from a significant injury, and that's Brandon Sheriff. We're kind of wondering if or when this deal will get done with him, the Redskins extending him. What would a Brandon Sheriff extension look like? What kind of money, what kind of average value would that be for the Redskins to get it done? Zach Zach Martin is currently, from a new money average per year standpoint, top of the market at $14 million per year. I would say that Brandon Scherf uh, surpasses that. Um, Because even when you you adjust uh, Zach Martin's deal for the increase in the salary cap, it actually ends up being like a $15 million per year deal. So if you take Brandon Scherf and say, look, we're going to make you the highest paid guard in football at 14 and a half, Uh, then Brandon Scherf can hang its hat on being the highest paid guard in football. But the Redskins can hang their hat on the fact that, well, when you adjust Zach Martin for the increase in the salary cap, uh, Brandon actually could have made an argument to be at like 15. So I think that a Brandon Scherf deal looks like probably $45 million guaranteed, $14.5 $14.5 million average per year, five-year extension. Um, you know, I think all of that would be very reasonable. Uh, from a, Without boring you guys with the details. Yeah, bore us, we're into it. <laughs> there are some things that you have to take into consideration because 2020 is the uh, final year of the collective bargaining agreement. And so there are some things that Ooh. you have to work around from structuring the deal. That uh, is to make juicy. It work. But, Does that mean... But it works. Does that mean, though, that since... That just really, really made me think about something. Like a light bulb just went off here. So everything I've Uh-oh. heard is that this deal isn't going as fast as some would expect. 2020 is the end of the CBA. Nobody knows what this thing's going to look like in 2021 because, and correct me when I'm wrong, that's when the broadcast rights re- come up again. So all the TV deals have to get hammered out again. Is it possible that 
one side or the other it, it wants to wait and see what the new money looks like and the skins are more willing to go into 2020 on a franchise tag situation? Yeah, I mean, particularly are if you're we, branding Scherf, being if you're way too Scherf, conspiracy right? theory. Like, you know, 2021 with a new collective bargaining agreement, the seat, the salary cap might be $250 million oh. or something crazy like that, right? With all the new revenue uh, coming into the league. And so why would I take a deal today and preclude myself from taking advantage of a very lucrative and larger uh, revenue pie. That so is that's interesting. Dude, I hadn't so, thought about that. You are, the, you are a former agent, and you've also been on the team side, analyzing the cap for the skins. What, as the agent, what would you be saying there? Is there a dollar figure? If they offer to make you the highest paid guard now, which wouldn't really kick in until 2020, would you take that or would you say take the franchise tag, play on a one year, let's see what happens in 2021? If you are basically having a negotiation with your client, <laughs> um, you would say, you know, look, you're, first round, you're a former first round pick, so you've made a decent amount of money, you know, in your career thus far. It's not like you're a day three pick right. and you haven't really He's not waiting for that first speak, made a lot of money. Right. So therefore, you have the financial wherewithal to not take the bird in hand today that may not be as lucrative as what is out there in 2021. So bet on yourself and play out the last year of your rookie deal, force them to tag you in 2020, and then see what this uh, new NFL salary cap world looks like in 2021. Um, and if the kid is willing to kind of bet on themselves, then it could be very lucrative on, on the back end. It's funny, I was going to ask you about what the timing might look like for a Brandon Sheriff deal, but now that we've kind of opened this Pandora's box, do you think across the league we're going to see not a lot of extensions over the next year or two because of this big TV money deal that's going to be coming? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think any agent worth their salt has to take that into consideration or they're doing their client a disservice because, again, come 2021, if there's a new CBA, the salary cap could be something ridiculous. And if there's more money out there, that the clubs have, there's more money to be paid to players, and so they're more lucrative contracts. Well, and, and like you said, that'll depend on the financial situation of the player, if they're first-round picks or if they've already gotten a deal. Right. You know, it, <clears throat> like a player, Matt Ioannidis is taking that deal no matter what because he's making six hundred grand otherwise. But, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. In, in the bigger picture here, is this the kind of thing that could, that could impact how teams are going to spend at, at the same time? Because – we, we heard it mostly with Russell Wilson as he's trying to work out his new deal and maybe it gets tied to a percentage of the salary cap rather than a hard dollar amount. I don't know that that's actually allowed in the current CBA. Is something like that something you could see changing? And, and the Redskins are now back in the land of a rookie quarterback. And he's on a five-year deal, but if you have a quarterback, I mean, hell, we're already talking about Mahomes' new deal and he's only in year three of five. Yeah, let me step back to the percentage of the cap uh, piece there. There is nothing explicit in the collective bargaining agreement that says you cannot do that. Okay. People have reported that the NFL Management Council would not approve a contract that has that language in it. I am sure but they when, would. <laughs> when RFA tenders, when the franchise tag are all calculated off of a percentage of the cap, it would seem a little incongruent that you could not then have a player compensated off of percentage of the cap so I, I don't know that there's a formal anything formally written that precludes it from happening it's just that the league and teams 
don't want it to happen. The league definitely doesn't want the it to happen. The league definitely doesn't want that. <laughs> when you look at the way that the Redskins um, structured the Landon Collins deal, do, is that in mind? Do you think the two years uh, forward that what that um, salary cap might look like and that the money can – you can the Redskins have been known to kick the can down the road a little bit as they go? The interesting thing about the Landon Collins deal is that they – and again, I'm not going to bore you with the nuances of the 30% rule, but they had to put an option bonus in Landon Collins' deal in the second year of the deal in order to make it work with the rules of the final league year. So gotcha. from a compensation value standpoint, I don't think the new revenue of, our, of 2021 and beyond played a role, but the fact that we are getting close to the final year of the collective bargaining agreement and there's some things that you have to do mechanically to make the deal work, definitely factored into how they structured the deal. Jay, another player who's always kind of up in the air with this contract situation is Josh Norman. We had you on a couple months ago after they signed Landon Collins, and I remember you said Josh Norman and Landon Collins' contracts can work for this year. Next year is where it gets tricky with Norman, and maybe it makes more sense to let him go. So could you just kind of re-explain that for new listeners who haven't heard why Norman can fit now, but then those two together next year in the secondary becomes an issue? Yeah, the reason why they can both coexist from a salary cap management standpoint right now is because Landon Collins' 2019 cap number is so low. Um, and it jumps up exponentially to probably $13 million. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. Yeah, Landon Collins' number jumps up exponentially in 2020, and Josh Norman already has a large cap number in 2020. So it's hard to devote that amount of salary cap resources to your 2020 salary cap and when you think about Josh Norman, um, you know, I know Fred Smoot has been very vocal about how much Josh is getting paid relative to his play on the field. You know, it's hard to justify paying him that amount of money in 2020. Um, and there's no guaranteed money in the deal and when you can just let him go and, and move on, especially given Landon Collins' increased salary cap number in 2020. Right. To that point, uh, Collins, for the cap this year, is counting for four mil. Next year, that jumps up to 14. Norman is counting 15 both years. I don't think they're going to pay $30 million between Landon Collins and Josh Norman next season. Um, yes, yeah, so Fred Swoot's comments actually came on this podcast last week, J.I., and I have heard Fred was vocal about it. I've heard from a number of other players, though, that, that there's no way Norman plays out this season with the Redskins. I, I wonder if – if you had to go zero to 100, what are the chances? We just did this. I don't know if you could hear us doing this earlier. What are the chances that Norman gets released? I mean, we know the post-June 1 designation is a very real thing in this league. What are the chances of Norman being the starting cornerback for the Redskins week one in Philadelphia? I, I think they're, if, if you were to pin me on a percentage, I, I think it's uh, 75%. You know how good yeah. I feel when you and I say the same thing? I mean... <laughs> Mitch said I, I 90. Think, yeah, go ahead. No, Mitch said 90, which I thought was a little high. But 75 to me sounds right. You, you, you explain why you chose that. I think that is there going to be someone willing to trade for that contract? Probably not. Right. Um, is there an off chance that, you know, they, what they see in the offseason program just doesn't jive with what they have to pay them and um, what they've got on the horizon? So that's what, why I say there's that 25% opportunity to move on from him. And you already mentioned the post June one designation and how that can help them from a cap standpoint. Um, so that's why I hold out that 25%. But I think that more often than not, if we were kind of running this scenario over and over again, Josh Norman is, is your week one starter at corner. 
All right. Um, J.I. Halsell, every time you're on here, you make us smarter. Today was like a Ph.D. level course. Uh, we sincerely appreciate your time. I think J.P.'s going to come to your office hours, I think. He's so excited. He wants to learn more about this. We cannot say <laughs> goodbye to J.I. yet. I, I'm about to. Just hold on. Hold your All horses right. here. I don't know where I'm going with if, this. if there was ever a question, if you are the Arizona bureau chief, it, the door has been slammed closed. You have earned that title emeritus, sir, by wearing the cactus shirt right here on the Redskins Talk Podcast show. <laughs> And what and, else is important about that look right now? The button at oh, the top. Geez. This Go top ahead. button. It's a great look, J.I. I love it. It looks good on him. It, it looks good on, on me, too. Me, too, buddy. <laughs> it works with my neck. It's true for one of us. At SalaryCap101, everybody follow J.I. Hallsell. Thank you so much for your time, man. And next time we're in Arizona, we'll actually get that dinner. Let's do it, man. Or next time you're back in D.C., I know you got to come back sometimes. I'm, 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 I'm back home next weekend, actually. So, uh, okay. Maybe next Friday. Let's go. Let's get together. Done deal. Boom. Done deal. We'll make that happen. I'll, I'll shoot you a text next week. Thank you again for your cool. time, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. Thank you. Go sign up for his course, uh, Salary Cap 101. It's that dude is twice a semester. And the sheriff thing. Sorry, I think that AJ. just inspired like 10 blogs. That, kind of, that, that kind of blew yeah. my mind because it's not something it was, we thought about. Yeah, right? it was. No. And, and it wasn't on the radar. You wonder. We may be getting way too ahead of this, right? And, and that's kind of, despite you thinking it's football time, it's May. It's time for these types of conversations. It's football time. It's, it's always, always football, football time, time in your loins. <laughs> um, I, I think that's hella interesting. Whether or not there's any validity to it. Hella interesting. It really is. Let's also remember guaranteed money today is better than potential money in the future. If you're the team, you might want to get a deal done. If, if you're Brandon, Brandon Sheriff, you might want to get the deal done too. It depends whether you want to bet on yourself, like you said. I think he gets franchised yeah, next year. But the betting on yourself requires you have to be healthy and up to par for the next two seasons. It's a long time. We're talking about 15 million And that's two more years, years on his age for an NFL player playing a physical sport. I don't know. I get it. Betting on yourself is the fun, cool term, but have you ever there's a lot yourself? of risk. No, I don't. I like the conservative. Whatever I have right now, just give it to me, and I'll deal with the stuff in the future. How's, how are the finances? Yeah, how they work at beat? If J.I. was looking at my finances, he would have a lot to say. It'd be a lot of rearranging and renegotiating and a lot of changes in my salary cap. Are you still solvent? Uh, what, what's Can that you pay mean? rent this week? Yes. Month. No, the rent is never going to be an issue. It's just whether I'm eating a lot or going out or paying for gas. Is the I rent should. never an issue because your parents will just pay for no, it? No, 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 no. I'm never going to stoop to that level. Hopefully. You're not because you're upset Knock that you just had to start paying your own easy pass. Yeah, I'm, I mean, maybe if this continues for a while, I would have to ask, but I'm still pretty far away from that. What, what are we eating for dinner now? No more tacos? Are we, we a lot of like, ramen? A lot of chicken cutlets and PB&Js. And, PB and last night I made spaghetti with frozen vegetables. And, yeah, I'm trying to eat at home a lot more. <laughs> All right. Um, we have a very, very – we have two, two very special podcasts coming up. Very different. One of them is going to remain a surprise, but you'll see it next – Thursday Thursday-ish, Friday-ish, yeah. Friday. I think next yeah. Thursday night Thursday, we'll, yeah. we'll release it. So put that on your calendar. It's a mystery podcast with a lot of meaning behind Must it. Must listen. Must listen. Agreed. Um, prior to that, though, we got, we've gotten some big guests. Did you this guys know, you know Matthew Berry from yeah. ESPN. I mean, the, that dude has blown up fantasy in the universe. Yeah. He's a so huge Redskins fan. fantasy football. I like that. That's yeah. a good title. Um, he's a huge Redskins fan. I caught up with him. Um, he was just out at the NFLPA rookie premiere, so he got some some really up close access with a number of Redskins rookies. And uh, we caught up with him. We're going to run the podcast later this week, so you got to make sure you listen to that. But let's run just a little snippet of Matthew Barry talking about his conversation with Dwayne Haskins. He had a really nice deep ball at Ohio State. 
any quarterback can bust, but from people that I trust, you know, internally at ESPN, we have a bunch of people that grind all the tape. In addition to Mel and Todd, we have a bunch of people behind the scenes that also grind all the tape, right? Matt Bowen is somebody, former Redskin, by the way. And I have to tell you, like, they all, like, because I'm like, all right, I don't care about TV, just to me. Right. What am I getting? Haskins. <laughs> all of them were very effusive, and I had a number of people that tell me best quarterback that was available in the draft. I had some people tell me that they thought Haskins was better than Murray. Wow. And I certainly think for the Redskins offense that they feel like Haskins is a better fit, certainly for what um, Gruden wants to do. There you heard it. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was certainly impressive yesterday. Um, I, we were texting about this last night. That Matthew Berry podcast will be out on Thursday, by the way. Um, we were texting about this last night. Dwayne Haskins is listed 6'3", 230. Case Keenum is listed 6'1", 215. Nope. 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. He's my size. That's like saying yeah. me and Mitch are like similar size. They're just not. Like I'm not quite six foot, 5'11 yeah. and change. Yeah. He's not two inches shorter than Dwayne Haskins. Nowhere on this planet is that true. We, ha- we have to make a point of getting a picture of those two next to one another. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, that idea. We definitely have some, uh, some video of them throwing balls next to each other, and you can see the... The height difference hopefully coming up right here. Let's see it. Come on now. Come, Come on. on. This will make for great this podcast make, later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but those are some uh, that's some high praise for uh, Dwayne Haskins there. Yeah, and it, it's super early on, but I don't know. Do you guys want to change? There we go. And, I mean, that's hard to judge, yeah. but one of them is significantly bigger. Did, uh, did uh, Matthew Barry talk to you about uh, fi- uh, fantasy implications of these guys? I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't really ask him about that. Yeah. Because he's given us his time to, to reflect on being a Skins fan. Yeah. And we talked a, a little bit about the receiving core and how there's a run first team, that kind of stuff. But, like, I don't want him to give away his work on, of course. on our yeah, time. I don't know if, how many people know that Matthew Barry is a Redskins fan. I think that will be cool for them yeah, to learn. Yeah, right. I, I know, he and I have gotten to know each other a little bit. I met him at the Super Bowl two years ago. He, this is, you always remember people that like, do something cool for you. So he and I were sitting there having a beer, and uh, he's like, you want to meet Tim Tebow? I was like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, come on. He's like, hey, Tim, this is JP. I was like, what's up, dude? It was a, it was a very cool, surreal only at the Super Bowl moment, and I had clearly snuck into some room I wasn't supposed to be right. in. Sounds about right. Yeah, it was, was, it was late at night. You didn't botch a name like you did with Ed Reed. It was, it was late How at was night. How was Tim's handshake? Firm? Firm? Looking into those eyes, though. It was... Uh, Dreamy? Yeah. Was he wearing a shirt? Have you ever heard uh, Dave Chappelle talk about when he saw Prince? I've never heard Dave Chappelle do anything, so... Oh, my goodness gracious, Peter. <laughs> is he on Miami Vice? <laughs> you don't know who Dave Chappelle is? I know who he is. I you was... never watched Chappelle's show? Nah. Oh, Too boy. old. That's too old. You're an idiot. I know I'm going to get in trouble for that. I just don't really care for it. You don't know. <laughs> he automatically doesn't like what he doesn't know. You just assume it's bad? No, it's... I, I know it's great. I just don't really feel compelled to go watch it at any point. Got a lot of good Netflix shows to get to. What, what good Netflix yeah. shows? I'm There's... telling you, Spell Show is probably the best comedy of the last 25 years. Okay. I'd rather just rewatch uh, The Office. Over Stress over Relief over Part 2 for the ninth time. Watch Dwight and Andy and Michael screw around to the office during AJ, the fire drill. can you get in his ear and tell him he's an idiot? At least you back me up. You're closest to his age. Yep, he Thank told you. me. Thank <laughs> you. We needed that. Uh, I need, I, all right, yesterday, for the record, I didn't actually want anybody to unfollow people. My followers actually went up pretty big yesterday. So yeah, well, and everybody yeah. I, that tweeted at me, I was like, don't actually unfollow yeah. him. And a lot of them I, I favorited and retweeted all of them. 
that unfollowed him. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch was supporting it. <laughs> Mitch I'm doesn't mess around. Anybody. I came into the office today. To Mitch went to go talk to him. He goes, Pete, not now. And he just kicked me out of his desk. So we're, fair, well, he's fighting with AJ. To be, to be fair, I said Peter, not right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what. It's like talking to my parents. Serious. <laughs> scary. When you get the R on the end, that's yeah. what you don't want. You want to be part like of that. I didn't like that one bit. Um, we were having a moment. Yeah, you all right, dude? Yeah, you we're right? good. Yeah. Oh yeah. What do we have left on the rundown, JP? It's, it's so comprehensive. I, I know there's a lot. Uh, we, he's right. We didn't get to all. You want to run Gruden on guys? Run it right now. Let's run Gruden on guys. I'm sure he's ready. They're queuing it up just a sec. Play that dope music again. Yeah. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't watched Bell and think it's not good. That's the best part. It's, it's just that you think it's not good and you've never seen it. All right. This is, uh, this is yeah. Jay Gruden on Darius Guys. Darius coming along very well. You know, we're just trying to make sure that leg, uh, the, the, the quad and everything has full strength before we let him go. And that'll probably be another thing that uh, you probably wait till training camp as well. I'm glad we got that bite in. You know what's interesting? <laughs> it's really enlightening. It's, what's, here's what's interesting is that yesterday you then see all these stories report Darius guys back for training camp. Is it a report when the head coach says it? No, not at all. Jake, but as a, as a person who writes things on the internet, I understand that there are more clicks out there when you say report Darius Guy's back for training camp. Reports if you say sources. Jay Gruden says Darius yeah. Guy's back for training camp. Yeah, Gruden expects guys to be ready. People just pass right by. If you get a report or a source in there, they're clicking and retweeting and sharing. Report. Pete is scared of things he doesn't know. Ooh. I can confirm. Sources have confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. We got two, good, we got two confirmations. Nice scoop there, Mitch. <laughs> Trying to. Mitch is getting them scoops. Scoops. Um, what are you guys doing for Memorial Day? I'm driving tonight to Myrtle Beach. I'm actually in town. I'm, I uh, typically go to the beach, and I just kind of didn't get anything together quickly. So there's always a last minute for tennis. <laughs> I might. Maybe I will. We need video of Mitch playing tennis, clearly. Cool. Do you want to play will... tennis on Memorial Day? Because I kind of am in the same boat. Absolutely. I didn't make plans. I'm here Monday. I'll go play tennis. Let's go Yo, play Monday. I, let's do a Monday Memorial Day. Let's yeah. make it an annual thing. I'm all for it. I'm committing to it. We don't make it an annual thing, right. but I'm all for it. Is yep. AJ our fourth? What are you doing Memorial Day, AJ? He's nice playing with his dog. dog. You know, you're not invited. You're not invited to the Redskins talk oh, Memorial Day. Memorial Day tennis <laughs> classic. Extravaganza. It's a tennis invitational, yeah, and an you ain't invited. <laughs> um, thank I don't you know very much. anymore. Our rundown's gone. I know. The show's, we'll, we'll never make it. But we got um, the dope music playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- big thanks to J.I. Howell. So listen to the Matthew Berry podcast later this week. If you made it this far, I owe you beer.